welcome to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Marco, with my lovely co-host, Jessica. And Jessica, who's joining us tonight? Kid number one. Kid number one's back. Say hi, kid number one. Hi. How's it going, kid one? Good. All right. For those who haven't listened to the other podcast, kid one is our child. To protect your identity somewhat, we're not, you're using the name kid one. Okay. And your siblings are kid two, three, and four. Okay. All right. So try to stick to that, kid one. Okay. Even though we mess up every time we do this. <laughs> we have to go back and cut stuff out. All right, kid one, what are you drinking tonight? Verner's. Verner's. And for those who aren't in the Midwest, although they are being distributed wider now. They are. But if you're not familiar with Verner's, what is Verner's? It's a ginger ale that was made in Michigan. Yes. And its thing is it's aged in oak barrels. It is? Yeah. And if you grew up in Michigan when mommy and daddy were kids, it cured everything, supposedly. If you've ever seen my big fat Greek wedding, it's kind of like Windex. Put some Windex on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have a fever? Drink some Verners. Oh, you have the flu? Drink some Verners. You have a tummy ache? Drink some Verners. COVID-19? Load up on a case of Verners. <laughs> <coughs> oh, disclaimer, Verners does not cure COVID-19. <laughs> If only Michigan would be awesome and we'd be playing hockey right now. <laughs> we are awesome, but we're not playing hockey right now. Yeah. I know. Anyway, uh, you also brought something else for us tonight. What do we have in front of us? We have mini cheesecakes. Ooh. And are these mini cheesecakes that are low carb and fitted with mommy and daddy's diets? Uh-huh. Awesome. All right. Well, let's dig into that real quick. Great. Okay. You guys took the bigger ones. I just took the one right in front of me. Okay, well, I was left with the teeny tiny itty bitty one. I have two. No. Ooh, those were good, kid number one. Thank you. All right, so at the end of this episode, though, before we, we split for the night, uh, I want you to share the recipe with everybody. Okay. But we got some other things to discuss first. Yeah. First off, I didn't even ask your mother yet. What are you drinking? So, Jessica, what are you drinking? You having a Verner's? No. I'm not. Are we sponsored by Verner's? By the way, we're like doing a lot of plugs for Verner's. <laughs> we need to. No, we're not sponsored by Verner's. No, we're not. Um, we I, should be after all this. We should. Yeah. She gave a pretty good ad. Made in Michigan. Anyways, mine is also made in Michigan, but I'm having a peach bellini, and it's from Round Barn, and it's uh, a peach sparkling wine beverage. It's delicious. That comes in a can. It comes in a can, so you can recycle it later. You can get it at the public house they have, at, right at the winery distillery. Yep. Or the grocery store. Or the grocery store. If you want to be really lazy like me. Exactly. Pick them up for you. And they're great, and I'm very happy they're at the grocery store. How strong are they? They're not strong at all. Like, it cans uh, it in front of you, how much? It's 5.52% alcohol by volume. Oh, okay. It's just a nice little refreshing drink what are you drinking tonight marco i'm you know not really excited tonight i'm having a mint julep with fresh mint well you had to sit there and mush the mint so oh there exciting. yeah muddled it yes i did <laughs> and in inside it's it's not real exciting either i went with maker's mark because oh. we had a bottle of it on the counter and i didn't want to dig for something more exciting that's funny yes <laughs> cheers everybody cheers cheers before we get into why kid number one is back and her recipe for her mini cheesecakes, which are outstanding, and everything else, we've got some business to take care of this week. Not not a lot to talk about this week. It was It's summer vacation. The kids were getting in their routine. We were getting in our routine. We had some races going on for uh, the, the school club, the summer racing club. 
We've got one of our early summer virtual competitions going on. So the kids did their legs. Yep. Jess, you and I have not done ours yet. I'm doing mine in the morning. I am supposed to do mine tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but the four kids, including kid number four, number four. first triathlon, yeah, <laughs> she had to uh, swim to kid number four. Yes, yeah. she had to swim uh, twenty meters. She had to bike a half mile, and she had to run a quarter mile. Her brothers uh, had to go a little bit further. Kid one over here did her piece. You you opted for the swim bike run mm-hmm. uh, because there's some other options. You could have just done two legs. You could have done the grand slam, which is swim bike run and paddle. Your choice of kayak, like canoe, paddling. or gondola, or gondola. paddleboard, <laughs> or whatever. Fly to Italy real quick. Wow. Uh, one, we're failing as parents, as Italian-Americans. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, what's, just you. I'm German. We'll just be glad that um, oh, wait, I don't your Italian that. grandfather doesn't listen to our podcast, clearly. so You would be appalled. I'm not sure he knows what a podcast oh, wait, is. Oh, I know, I know what a gondola is. They made a shotgun of it. What? Yeah. Now I feel old. <laughs> At least I know what a podcast is. <laughs> All right. Sit tight, kid number one. We'll get to you. Uh, she did great in her competition. As for us, um, we did kid meal again. Oh, yeah, we did. Big hit. Uh, kid meal... Well, kid number one, you're here. So, you know, for those who haven't tuned into all our episodes, we do a kid meal every week where the kids have to sort out amongst themselves. They have to figure out the main entree, the size, the dessert. They have to make it. We supervise. And it also cuts down on complaints because if you cook for your kids, you know that there's a lot of complaints that come in, especially when you've been trapped in the house together for three months. So you let them, you know, fine, it's your turn. And boy, complaints reduced. Kid number two did the main entree this week. What did he choose and what did he make? He chose, um, he decided that he would make hamburgers. He did. He took the ground beef. Uh, he picked some seasonings. He went out, went through the spice rack and threw in some seasonings, mixed it all up with his hands, had to really work those finger muscles, made the patties. We have a little hamburger masher thing that yeah. form nice round patties. He had to cook those up. And then he had to also set the table and put the buns out and everything else and all the fixings. What did kid number three make? Kid number three made French fries. What else did he do? Because I wasn't going to let him off the hook of, oh, you opened a bag of frozen French fries and threw them in the oven. He chopped up watermelon for kid number four. He did. He also had it just there because it's watermelon. It's summer. What did kid kid number four do? Kid number four did watermelon. Did watermelon water with mint in it. Now, how do you make watermelon water with mint in it? You take a giant pitcher of water, fill it up with water, and then stick slices of watermelon and mint in it, and you put it in the refrigerator. So kid number three hacked off the end of the watermelon, and we cut the rind off. And then kid number four went and cut that into little smaller chunks, threw it in, tore up the mint leaves, put it in. She was all set. And then you, kid number one, you made dessert. What did you make this week? I made chocolate chip cookies. And did you make it from pre-made frozen dough? No. What did you do? I got a bag of chocolate chips and read the ingredients and did that way. That works. All right. And it was a dinner that, you know, the whole family could have. Mommy and Daddy had it without the buns on our hamburgers. Actually, I cooked up portobello mushrooms, big giant mushroom caps, and put those on the bottom. I added sriracha mayo to mine. There you go. We could have, we had watermelon. Uh, we... 
sampled the fries. We shouldn't have had any, but I think we I sam- had one or two. I had one or two. French fries are good. I ate most of the watermelon. I did not have one of your cookies, but your siblings love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't had one of your cookies either. They're good. So we'll keep the uh, we'll keep the thing going with a kid meal. And this coming weekend, we actually have a cookout. Girl Scouts are doing a virtual summer campout. So Kid Meal will have a lot of hands-on uh, camping stuff coming up on our next episode. More nachos. <laughs> Shh, spoilers. <laughs> All right, let's quickly run through a recap of the champs for the Red Arrow Challenge. Swimming. Nine and under, Little Marsh. 10 to 19, Ronin Runs. 20 to 29, Gator Boys back with a vengeance. 30 to 39, Mrs. Coach was on top. 40 to 49, Coach T. 50 to 59 year olds were afraid of the water this week. 60 to 69, Kilogram Hill. 70 to 79, no swimmers. Running. 9 and under was Yellow Ninja. 10 to 19, Ronin Runs. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. 30 to 39, Abel, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, J Mar, and nobody older than that. Walking. Nine and under, a new member debuts right on top, Rowan C. Oh. 10 to 19, Ronin runs. 20 to 29, Smytha. 30 to 39, Becky B. 40 to 49, Vino Mia. 50 to 59, Mrs. Golden. 60 to 69, the notorious Kilogram Ill. And 70 to 79, no, no, Don. Biking on road. Nine and under. Alina, 2010. 10 to 19. Ronin runs. 20 to 29. Gator Boy. 30 to 39. Cyclopath. 40 to 49. Try, try again. 50 to 59. A.R. Miller. 60 to 69. Kilogram Ill. And 70 to 79. No, no, Don. Biking off road. 10 to 19. K-Dog 20, and that's dog with double Gs. And then 20 to 29, Smytha and Super Mario tied again. No 30 to 39-year-olds. 40 to 49, Cyclone. 50 to 59, Mrs. Golden. Sit down pedaling. Nine and under, we had a tie. Andrea and Seabass. 10 to 19, Allie. No 20 to 29-year-olds. No 30 to 39-year-olds. 40 to 49, A. Palomino. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. Stand up paddling. 10 to 19, Ronin Runs. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. 40 to 49, Peatster. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. 60 to 69, Kilogram Hill. Skiing. 40 to 49, El Tiburon 95. 50 to 59, Big Juan 64. Skating. 20 to 29, he beat out Gator Boy in something this week. It was H. Kaner 305. 30 to 39-year-olds were lame. Yeah, but the 40 to 49-year-olds made up for it with Great Juan. Hockey. No hockey, but we're getting closer. Getting reports around the Midwest. Rinks in Indiana are starting to open up, those who didn't shut down completely for the season. Uh, Illinois looks like they're starting to open up things, and... Here in Michigan, they're getting closer and closer to opening, at least in lower Michigan. Upper Michigan's a few steps ahead of us in their opening process. Awesome. And then I got photos today from, to protect your identity, we'll call her Mrs. Rink Manager. <laughs> Sent photos of her and her husband working hard to put down a new layer of ice and then to put a new paint job down. So Fantastic. that when we finally get the all clear from the governor, 
We can move quickly to getting back on the ice in a responsible manner, of course. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of wargaming to make sure the procedures are ready to go. Just waiting for that green light. So it's making my day because that was the bright point of today. There was a lot of just things are frustrating and, you know, on the downside. And you really can focus on that or you can focus on that hockey is around the corner. I don't know how big this corner is and how long it's going to take to get around it, but hockey is around the corner. We might be back before the NHL. (laughs) If we are, we get to our championship game. Can we just have the Stanley Cup? I mean, our trophies are nice, but... Solid plan. I'd rather just have the cup. I'm sure mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Ice Rink would go for it. Mr. Ice Rink owner? Uh-huh. Yeah. Points! Ah, uh, points. Nine and under was Little Marsh. Ten to nineteen to no one's surprise, since he won just about everything, is Ronin Runs. Twenty to twenty-nine, Gator Boy. Do you think our comments about Gator Boy a few weeks ago really motivated him or her? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Way to go, Gator Boy. 30 to 39, Helmet 85. Helmet 85 just kind of skid under, slid under the radar and took the whole category. 40 to 49, try, try again. 50 to 59, AR Miller. 60 to 69, Kilogram Ill. And 70 to 79, No No Don. No 80 to 89 year olds and no 90 and above year olds in our club yet. So those categories are there for the taking. If you are breathing and you are that old, turn in some totals and it's yours. And then there were the featured members, which are you and me. That's us. Uh, I won in swimming. I won in running. I won in walking. I won in biking on road. And I won in points. Nobody likes a bragger, Marco. Just stating the facts. It's data. Uh-huh. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> How are you feeling? Not so great. <laughs> yeah. Because of the totals or just because your back still hurts? Because my back still hurts. And then I took a lovely fall in the garden the other day. <laughs> And why did you take a fall in the garden? Please share this. Yes, this is great. Kid number two loves birds. And this year we have a lot of bird nests. And they either have baby birds in them already or they have eggs that their parents, that their mothers are sitting on waiting to hatch right now. And so he is super into it. And earlier this week we had the remnants of tropical storm Cristobal come through and so we had a lot of wind and a lot of thunderstorms and kid number two sort of flipped out about the birds and so I I got tired of listening to it and I finally said fine look here's a here's a little break in the storm it wasn't raining so hard so I said I will go and I will check on the bird nests so I went outside and I checked on the nest that's right outside the front door that bird was sitting on her eggs and she was really not happy to see me so I left her alone, and then I went down to the garden. And in our garden, we had... And that wasn't Stevie Beef. It was not Stevie, Stevie Beef. Stevie has moved on. Yeah, she's done. She's somewhere else now. <laughs> um, so in our garden, we have steps that go all the way down to the bottom, and they're made out of pavers. And then on either side of the steps, there are walls that sort of separate out the garden beds. So well, one It's of... retaining walls. It's right. terraced. Okay. I wasn't sure of the word. So one of the birds has built its nest in our rhododendron bush. And to get to it, I have to walk along the edge of the retaining wall. And I've done this 84,000 times before, and it's always been fun. For who's counting? This time, I went to hop up on the wall, and my foot sort of wobbled and the brick wobbled. And instead of saying, oh, I shouldn't do this, I doubled down and I planted my foot on that brick, and the brick went flying out away from me. So then... My leg shot out one way, and then my other leg shot out the other way, and I discovered that I can still do the splits, so that's super exciting. So in the process, I seriously banged up my ankle and the backside of 
in the back of my uh, leg on my Achilles. It's all bruised, super fun. And then I banged up my other leg and uh, yeah, I can't, it hurts to walk now. Nothing's broken. It's yeah, well, you had sore. a back problem before. Oddly enough, this did not aggravate my back at all, just my ankle. And then, of course, we've had the rain going in. So that cuts into workout time yeah. and sore back, banged up ankle. And then, like, as you're, like, talking with your hands, I can see the scrapes on your palm. Oh, yeah. I have a, a nice cut right in the middle of my palm. It's great. And when I you... gave her first aid. <laughs> yes, you did give her yes. the first aid and the... broke out all the Band-Aids. Uh, but we also have all this rain and storm bands coming through, so it's really cut into everything. But you did were able to go out on your bike and test it out uh, this yeah. week when the kids were doing their races. So hopefully tomorrow it'll go fine. Hopefully. It's not that long of a race. It's really like a sprint length. It is. I'm not, I think it's going to be fine. I don't think I'm going to do the run. I think I'll just keep it to an aqua bike. Okay. Call it good. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's our recap for the Red Arrow Challenge. If anyone wants to join in, you can go to our website, sign up, create a username, start logging your miles and put them in. For our main feature this week, we invited back kid number one. Hi. Kid number one, why are you back? Because it's been 10 weeks since I laid out my goals. It has. 10 weeks ago, you came in on episode 6, and you laid out your goals for running because you are signed up for cross-country, mm-hmm. and you got to get ready for cross-country. Yeah. And you get that added pressure of, you're the coach's kid. Most of the other coaches even know who you are because you've been running around with me for all these years, helping me take splits, cheering on the runners, so they know who you are. Yeah. I'm not even trying to put pressure on you. It's just they know. You're a coach's kid. They are high. No pressure, kid. So just to recap real quick, what was your goal for the end of the summer? My goal for the end of the summer was to be able to run two miles without stopping. Awesome. And what was your overall goal? My overall goal was was that by the end of the season, I'd be able to run a 5K by by the end. So you came in, you laid out a plan to us. Uh, Mom and I didn't help you write it. You had a plan. You've picked up a lot of stuff on how to build a plan, set goals, achieve those goals, just because that's what your mother and I have been doing for a living in most of our adult lives is helping people do that. And you've picked up a lot of it. So you came in a plan and you, while we were recording, pretty much explained it to us and we helped you refine it a little bit by speaking through it. Mm-hmm. So you have these goals. When we started, how far could you go uh, before you had to break to a walk? Less than a quarter mile. And how far can you go now? A mile. Actually, a little over a mile. Yeah. Yeah. And when we started doing workouts together, mm-hmm. how far did we go for the overall workout? We went from less than two miles to five miles. Yeah, we actually went a little over five miles this morning. We did? We did. Yeah. We had to make it back to the car. Oh, yeah. We hit five a little bit before the car. And when we started this, how often during the week did we work out and go for a run together? Once a week. Right. And how often do we go now? Every other day. Yeah, and we're getting ready to up it a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've been doing all of these workouts. What else have you achieved? I can 
um, breathe correctly when I run and and not have to um, barely be running and screaming, I can't breathe! How do you feel about your progress so far? I I feel proud, happy, um, like I can actually run something and not scream, I can't breathe. Which you did a lot. Yeah. <laughs> awesome and stronger. How do you feel when we're out there on the running trail? We're using the same running trail every time so you can kind of, you know, when we get to cross country, we have to go to different courses. And so when we get to practice and the season starts, we're going to train different places to kind of get a lot of variety, mix it up, be used to that. But right now, you and I are going on the same route every time so that I can remind you when you start getting a little panicky, you do this every other day. Okay. And it's on purpose. How does it make you feel knowing you can go further and further, go to a different point every time we go out? It makes me feel like I can do better and better every single time. And how do you feel while we're out there? Because it's a popular running trail. It's now, for anyone who's like crazy into COVID-19 prep and stuff, it's not super crowded, but we do pass other people and everyone is socially distant. It's a nice wide path. There's plenty of, you know, six feet between runners mm -hmm. uh, as we're passing them. But they don't all just silently go past you. What kind of things do we hear while we're going? A lot of people will, um, like, congratulate me or, like, keep me motivated while I'm running. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel really happy. And you never say stuff back to them. Why is that? Because <laughs> they're focusing on my breathing. There you go. Good answer. Over the last 10 weeks, what were your biggest challenges? My biggest challenges were, were not being able to breathe right, which slowed down the running and made not and kept me from going as far as I wanted. And explain the not being able to breathe right now. You don't have asthma, right? No. You don't have allergies that we know of, right? Yeah. You have no... Yeah, you do. Or you, I don't. You, I don't. Okay. <laughs> uh, you have... As far as we know, do you have any pre-existing respiratory conditions? No. Okay. So when you say I couldn't breathe right, just for the, I know, obviously I know what, what you're talking about because you and I run together. Mm -hmm. But for everyone else listening, what do you mean when you say I couldn't breathe right? Um, I'm not used to the style of breathing you have to do when you run. And um, when I was first starting to run races, I wouldn't, I couldn't. Um, it felt like I didn't have enough air, so I would scream, I can't breathe. <laughs> Which, of course, means you are getting enough air if you can scream, <laughs> I can't breathe. Now, when you're taking breaths, were you taking big, deep breaths to use the whole lung, or are you doing shallow, little breaths, like we're just sitting here with a resting heart rate? I was taking shallow, little breaths. And, of course, we're going faster with an accelerated heart rate, so what did that result in? Not feeling like I can't breathe. Right, because you're almost hyperventilating is what they call it. Yeah. With those fast, fast, short breaths are so fast and short, you're really not getting the air in there that you need for your body to work right, which makes you feel, how does that make you feel? How, like, how's your head feel when you do that? Dizzy. Yeah. You were also talking about tingles in your fingers, right? Yeah. But how's that going now? I don't do that anymore. What do you do now? I just breathe, right? All right. And what kind of things did you do to kind of overcome that? Work on it every day. 
How did you work on it? Um, before we ran, I would take pizza. Like, if someone was just watching us, let's pretend like they're not creepy. Uh, someone's just sitting on a park bench watching us and they're not a creepy person. Let's say it's just mommy or if it's uh, kid number two or something, they're just sitting there watching our grandma and grandpa. What would they see? They would see me um, taking deep breaths before I ran and trying to get the, bre- the breathing the way I need it to be for when I run so that way I didn't hyperventilate. And right before the we start, what would they see us doing? We would be taking deep breaths and raising our hands up to our chest when we inhaled and then lowering them down when we exhaled. Right, so we're, we're swinging those arms, we're opening them up, but also it kind of almost visualizes that air in and out. Nice, steady, calming. At the same time, we're also expanding those lungs, getting them ready to go. Is it helping? Yeah. Did you think I was nuts when we started? Maybe. <laughs> it's okay. A lot, of, a lot of runners have thought I was nuts with some of the things I do. But is it working? Yeah. Yeah, it makes a world of difference, right? Yeah. I mean, we're going tw- more than twice as far. Yeah. And you still have energy and you're still walking and you haven't passed out yet. Mm-hmm. There's still time. <laughs> <laughs> ten more miles. <laughs> what are your favorite parts of the last ten weeks of cross-country prep? Um, my favorite parts are feeling awesome after, getting Gatorade after, and being able to run and not feel like I'm going to die. Well, I would say that last one's really important. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of like you. We don't want you to die. Yeah. We don't want you to feel like you're going to die either. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite Gatorade flavors, by the way? Give me your top three. My favorite Gatorade flavors are strawberry, watermelon, melon, and grape. That was not what I thought you would put down. Me neither. I figured orange and lemon lime would be in there somewhere in the top they three. They Not in the top they're three. On the li- they're on the top ten. Well, okay. <laughs> so when you, uh, if we do, because I do a special run every week, and a while back I did the the Gatorade ra- or no, the Gator Rally, and it was you had to run a mile, and you came in, and there was blind taste tests of Gatorade flavors, and each mile you completed, you came in. There was a different sample sitting out there in little Dixie cups. The kids had a taste, and we had what? We had like eight different, yeah, eight different flavors of Gatorade, and you had to go like lap one. It was everybody got one flavor. Lap two, the lap two flavor was always the same for everyone, and they had to write down on a hidden sheet of paper up again, take to the window of the school, Mm -hmm. and had a flap over it. And it was you and your partner. It was how many points your pair could get, and the partners ran at very different speeds. It was. So it was usually like the fastest boy with a middle of the pack girl or the fastest girl with, a, you know, the slowest boy and stuff. And so they weren't next to each other, you know, collaborating on this. They each did their own tally independently. And then they we added them all up to see who got the most points. Some of these kids were absolutely awful at the taste test. They're like, oh, we can go by color. I didn't realize that I had like... Four different red Gatorades of all different flavors. There are cherry. There are like. Well, yeah. There are strawberry kiwi. There are fruit punch. Fruit punch. And then, but that's where I got the That's where I got to try the grape and the strawberry. Well, and they thought they could figure out because we started with lemon lime, which is the most common. Yeah. But then when I also had lemonade. I had the citrus cooler, 
I had green apple, which was also greenish. And we were also under an awning, so we were in the shade. I didn't try I had that one like because I had two or three bluish, between grape and some of the blue ones. And the grape looked like the blue ones in the shade. Because the grape is like a blue, at the bottom of it, it looks kind of blue, but right. at the top it's purple. And they were, they were laughing so hard, but some of the am- answers were like cough syrup <laughs> for cherry. kind of tastes like that. There was well, like, there's a few that are way there off. There was like a cherry one and it was Glacier Freeze. Um, at one point, I think all of the kids start, just started saying Glacier Freeze for everything. Everybody put down Glacier Freeze on their... Because but it, like them. One kid put it down for lemon-lime. Somebody else one had it down stuff. for orange. Somebody else had it down for cherry. It was yeah, it was all over the place. What does Glacier Freeze even taste like? I can't even remember because this was a few years ago. I don't blue. know. No, Glacier Freeze is the clear one. Okay, well, I think it tastes like the color blue. So. I think it tastes like... Disgusting. What does the color blue taste like? Glacier Freeze. Blueberry Please. disclaimer. What does Smurfs in a blender taste like? A Smurfs <laughs> Glacier Freeze. Like a blueberry milkshake. Gross. This is taking a With weird blood. turn. Oh, oh, <laughs> this is really getting twisted. That was the first 10 weeks. Going forward to the next 10 weeks, what do you still need to work on? I mean, are you... An Olympic caliber athlete? No. Are you ready to set all the world records? No. So, what do you think you need to work on? I need to open up my stride more and I need to become faster. Okay. What do you mean by open up your stride more for someone who's not a runner? I take little like shuffle steps when I run and I need to have like wide steps. Like, um, me. If, imagine a sidewalk. I need to have like one step or even one and a half per square. Right. And that's a great visual cue. Now, the trick to that, though, is and the sidewalks really help you expand that stride to take a longer step mm-hmm. instead of a little shuffling, you know. Makes me think of, what was that song? Every day I'm shuffling. Because <laughs> I'll sing it to her while we're out running. <laughs> But that longer stride will help, but also help with the way your feet are hitting the pavement. Because we're hearing a little, a lot of scuff, 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 scuff as we're going, which is not only just wearing down your shoe, but it's putting extra stress on your ankles, knees, hips, everything. We're working a little bit of time. First, was fix the breathing, because it doesn't matter how beautiful your stride is. If you can't breathe, you're not going very far, are you? Mm-mm. So you've got your breathing under control. We're moving into strides. You've got this thing down where you can use the sidewalk uh, expansion joints to help pace out where your stride goes. The trick, though, is can you look down at your feet while you're doing it? No. Why not? Because that makes it smaller. That's right. Naturally, when you look down, your your stride, the length of your steps, is going to shrink. So you need to... Use your whole field of vision as you look ahead at something to also figure out where those expansion joints are and how many steps you're taking per uh, per gap. Plus, it doesn't hurt that your dad is next to you counting stuff out going one, two, one, two, three, <laughs> one, oh, one and a half, great. When I go downhill, though, sometimes I do one and then... Three. That's good. You should open up your stride mm-hmm. as you go downhill. It's It's the equivalent of coasting on your bicycle. Okay. And then in terms of faster, well, opening up your stride will make you faster. But I don't think that's really what you're getting at. So describe 
fat. What were you talking about with faster? I mean, obviously you want to be faster. I mean, it's a race that we're mm-hmm. trying to run. Um, I have every step can't be like really slow to bring the next step up. It has to be really fast. All right, you're a drummer. Yeah. Well, you're a percussionist. You play all the things you smack and beat. Which makes it great that you're a hockey player, too, because you just like to hit things. Slap shots! Right. Well, you're also a goalie, so you got to watch out for slap shots. But if we were talking in musical terms, what do you need to do to those steps? I have to, um, if the tempo is really slow like this, I have to make it fast like like as fast as you can. But tempo, tempo helps the listeners here understand mm-hmm. what you mean by go faster. Because obviously, yeah. like if someone's starting out running and they don't have a dad who's a coach, they're like, "Go faster!" Well, duh, of course you got to go faster. <laughs> but really, we're talking about the cadence uh, and the tempo of your steps and how fast you get that leg around for your next step. So yeah, you're working on that. I, as a dad, but also as a coach, now that you've got breathing under control, I think. Uh, the stride, fixing that stride and getting the big open stride instead of those little shuffle baby steps mm-hmm. is probably the most important thing to fix next. Mm-hmm. And then we can work on how fast you make each of those big steps. We can work on that after. Okay. But out of the two, I would work on making the stride bigger. Okay. Okay, kid number one, what's your favorite thing to eat after you finish running? Sushi. What kind of sushi? The California roll. And for those who aren't sushi aficionados or even mildly into sushi, what is in a California roll? So in a California roll, there is um that you have rice with with like um sesame seeds on it, and then there's uh, after that there's seaweed, and inside of the seaweed and sushi um like donut thing there's a there's cucumber, avocado, and a little mint, and a little fake crab. Not to be confused with the Philadelphia roll, which has doesn't have avocado but it has cream cheese. Nice. And do wow. you ever eat the pistachio ice cream that comes with it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered the Mater joke. Never mind that. I believe your grandfather did something. <laughs> That was funny. Take the boy out of the UP, but you can't take the Uper out of the boy. <laughs> so to recap, you've made huge improvements. You're not quite to your goals yet, but your deadline that you set for yourself hasn't even close by yet. It's way off. And the season starts in late August for you. By late August, you need to be able to run two miles without walking. That's your goal for yourself. Now, uh-huh. I've had runners start middle school cross country, even sixth graders especially, uh, start middle school cross country who couldn't run the full two miles but you want to be there by the time we get to the first meet mm-hmm. and the other thing we were talking about today is you can't it's not just keep running and keep shuffling your feet along for the very very first meet we actually have a meet on the schedule that's three days into the season for the middle schoolers and I when I first started coaching I didn't take middle schoolers to that meet because I'm like come on it's three days in they're not ready for a race but the middle schoolers as a whole have been coming in more and more prepped, and part of that is our summer racing club. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just ready to go. So now I have it set up where on the day one, if you show up on day one and you can show me you're ready to race, and I've got a flat 
half mile circuit that they have to do just repeatedly and I take splits on them so they can demonstrate it. I'll put you in that race on that that Wednesday of that week. Now the nice part with that is is in here in Michigan and probably most states, I just don't didn't coach in other states. They have to have a sports physical on file, a current sports physical on file before they can practice. So there's added motivation of you have to have your sports physical on file ahead of time with the athletic department, not with me. If you're going to practice because you want to practice on that first day, you want to show up that first day because then you get to run in the first race. But for you, the part of being race ready, we've talked about this too, is I'm going to be looking and seeing how fast you guys go because the middle school runs before the varsity. And I don't want anybody, well, you could actually finish that race not running the full two miles, although you want to, but if you have friends who can't run the full two miles yet, that's fine. But race ready for a sixth grader means you do eventually get across that finish line in such a time that we aren't holding up the varsity races that follow you. Mm-hmm. This isn't one of those courses where they go, and it's not a timing company where they go, well, we'll just start the next race with the first set of runners out on the course. Because we go to places like that. This one can only handle one active race at a time. Mm-hmm. So they're holding up everything else. And it's usually, it's August in Michigan in a park that's surrounded by trees. So there's no breeze and it's usually hot and everyone's miserable and grumpy. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most of my runners hate it because it's flat and it's boring. We're basically running like around the soccer fields and around a baseball field. And there's next to a fence. And when I was, at, when I was on the cross country team, we run at this park, but there's actually trails back in the woods we would run. And it was really scenic and cool. Now it is completely boring. Okay. But it's also a great one for the start of the season because we can't lose anybody in the woods. Oh, well, that, that is And good. the coaches can see almost the entire course from any spot on the course. It's wide open. And there is one hill. It's where the finish line is. The finish line is uphill on this. It's like, welcome to cross country. But as I go off on this tangent, you know where you're at. All right. You know you're making great progress. We're running over a mile before you have to drop to a walk. You can get a five-mile workout in, so you definitely have stamina. Mm-hmm. We're increasing that stride. You already have a plan for that. As we go forward, what are you going to add to your workouts, your plan, or change to help you reach those goals when you want to hit them? The goal of being able to run two miles without stopping or having to walk by the end of the summer. And the goal of being able to run without walking, run a 5K by the end of the season. Um, I've added longer warm-up runs. How far were our warm-up runs when we first started? They were, they were nothing. That's right. You just, we were, your actual running before you had to drop to a walk was less than a quarter mile. So there wasn't much point in doing a warm-up run. Yeah. Now though, like today, how far was today's warm-up run? A third of a, of a mile. It was. And what are we working up to? Because what do, what does my team do for a warm-up run when we get into the season? Before we do our stretches, we do a light jog. Do you remember how far it is? Half a mile. It is. Half mile. It's a flat half mile. Just easy jog. Get some, get the blood flowing. Get ready to stretch. I've done it before. Yes, you have. I've also added the, um, the first stretch of the workout. It's a mile. Um, I go farther every time. Right. Unless it's really hot. <laughs> well, we've had a few of those hot, muggy days, but that's also part of this training and getting you ready for the season is we're going to have some meets where it is miserable. That first meet, 
that you're trying to get ready for, almost every year it's hot, it's muggy, there's no breeze, it's not the most scenic course because it's at a little uh, township park. I mean, it's a nice park, but it's not like when we're out at the vineyards running along the grapes and with the orchards and everything. That one's scenic. This one's it's a park. It's uniform short grass. Playgrounds. Playgrounds. Soccer fields. You're sneaking around the various sets of soccer fields. Yay! I was being sarcastic, Bella. I also do core exercises to help strengthen my my tummy muscles, back, shoulders, arms, and wrists. Yeah, and that helps your goalie stuff, too. Yeah. And your taekwondo. Uh-huh. What kind of core exercises are you doing these days? I do planks, iron crosses. What's an iron cross? Iron cross is where you put your arms straight across from you, and you're like a T, but you have weights. You're holding weights. Are you doing heavy, hardcore weights? You got those, no, like, 50-pound dumbbells? No, I, ha- I only do three. I only do three-pound weights. Okay. What else do you do? I do forearm curls. Um, wrist curls and two types of leg lifts as well. Well, the forearm curls are the wrist curls, but now the forearm curls are those really doing a lot for your cross country? No. No, it's more of your hockey. <laughs> but the bicep curls help. The iron cross actually does help with those shoulders and getting those shoulders back and having a stronger back to help hold up your upper body. What else are you doing? I do two types of leg lifts. Nice. Do you have any leg weights on or anything, or is it just um, your legs? I just bring my legs up and have kid number two or kid number three push them back down, but I don't get to have them touch the floor. Nice. So you have two different types. So what's the first type? The first type is where they just push it down, my legs down a straight line. And then the second type is where um, they just go crazy and go either left, right, or straight down. Cool. And you're doing that in addition to your usual goalie exercises. What kind of goalie exercises do you do that would help your core? You don't have to go through the whole routine. I know you've got this giant routine you do. How many ones are working on your abs and your different muscles other than the stretching? Because you do a lot of stretching for goalie. I do um, wall sits. Um, How long can you do a wall sit? For like two minutes. So like a whole commercial break? (laughs) Yeah. Nice. What else do you do? Um, the rest is just flexibility. Okay. So the core stuff was uh, is more of a recent addition. Are you feeling any different with those yet? Kind of. What's kind of mean? Like sore? Or are you actually feeling a difference when we go for a run? There's a little bit of a difference when we go run. And I'm also a little bit sore. At least you're honest. <laughs> with the progress you've made so far, and the recent changes you've made and tweaks of adding the core exercises and having now you've got your breathing under control and you've moved on to increasing your stride, do you think you're going to hit your first goal of being able to run two miles by the end of the summer? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And do you think not only are you going to be able to run two miles before by the end of the summer, do you think you can do it in under 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. See, to me, for a sixth grader, if you can run without breaking to a walk and you can be under 20 minutes, which is actually if you're running, it's quite reasonable to be under 20 minutes. Uh, that to me, at the beginning of the year for a sixth grader is race ready. 
That's where most of them fall. Is kind of in that. You know, that's within the normal range of sixth grade girls uh, for Division Four in Michigan. Okay. That have been on my team. I would be very happy if you could do that. Okay. You confident you can do it? Uh huh. All right. Now you're going to come back in a few weeks and give us an update on where you're at, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And any tweaks you need to make? Are there any other tweaks right now that you think you need to make? Or you think you're good with what? I think I'm good. All right. <laughs> so come back in a few, you know, few weeks, sometime before the season starts. Update all of us on where you're at. And if you're not on target, what are you going to do? Um, Give up? No. What are you going to do? Keep trying. Keep trying, but keep everything the same and keep trying? Or make tweaks and keep trying? Or make drastic changes and keep trying? Make tweaks until um, it's it's what I want it to be. Cool. Before we go, we did promise these people, whoever's listening out there, you would share a recipe with them. Yeah. And since the photo from tonight, by the time this airs, will have already been up on Instagram. And not only does it have us sitting here with our beverages, but it has a delicious plate of tiny little cheesecakes with strawberries and blueberries and mint leaves on them. So kid number one, please, please, please share with these people how can they make these low-carb mini cheesecakes. First, you're going to have to preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, then you have to gonna have to get a, a small bowl and mix the crushed ingredients, which are one cup and four tablespoons of almond flour, two tablespoons of swerve, two tablespoons of and two tablespoons of unsalted butter that is melted. And what is swerve? Swerve is a repl- is a like a replace item for sugar. Right, for confectioner sugar, so yeah. super fine sugar. Like powdered sugar? Yeah, like powdered sugar, only it's a replacement for people like Mommy and Daddy who uh, are trying to cut back on our normal sugar. Mm-hmm. Then, in a medium-sized bowl, mix the um, filling ingredients, which are two 8-ounce packages of cream cheese, two-thirds cup of squirt. And do you grab those... Cream cheese package straight out of the fridge and throw them right in the bowl? No, you gotta soften them up a little How do you bit. soften yours? I stick them in the microwave for 45 seconds because that's... Because they don't... Because um, I put them in the wrapper. They they don't soften very easily. You take it out of the wrapper when you soften it, right? Oh. Yeah, I was like, don't put the wrapper in the microwave, the wrapper's sweetie. metallic. Yeah. Oh. You run the risk of sparks. Oh, my God. <laughs> The whole house is gonna burn down. <laughs> oh my god! You're gonna then you need two two thirds cup of swerve, two eggs, three teaspoons of fresh lemon juice, and three teaspoons of vanilla extract. How many lemons did you have to squeeze to get that much lemon juice? One, and I had a lot of extra. Awesome. And then you're gonna take a muffin pan, and this makes six. What size muffin pan? Um, because we got all sizes in this house. Your normal size muffin pan, and this will make 16 muffins. So you, depending on how many your muffin pan will make, you might have to divvy it up that way. Um, you, you're going to put the crust at the bottom and like squish it down so that it's smooth. And then you're going to pour your um, the, cre- the, cre- the uh, cheesecake part on top of it so that it's 
It's near the top. But now, did you grease your, grease your pan? Because I was out mowing the lawn when you made these. Did you I, grease I the did, muffin pan or did you put the muffin I put the paper the muffin, liners? I put some paper muffin liners in. Okay. Um, and you're going to pour your, the, um, the cheesecake part on top of it. I also use um, like a little spoon to help me put out exit. Uh, to get the amounts of cream cheese. What's the consistency? Is it super runny or is it thick or kind of in between? Um, the consistency is um. It like won't... compared to blue wing, make blueberry muffins out of like one of those pre-made so packs. It's thicker than blueberry muffins. Like it would take a while for it to come out of the bowl, but then it would get all. But it's a little bit. Is a little bit runnier than a, the cream cheese by itself. Yeah. Okay. It's sort of like a thick pudding. Yeah. And then you're gonna bake it from 15 to 18 minutes, and let it. How cool. long did yours take today? Mine took 18 minutes. Okay. Um, and you're gonna let them cool in the pan before taking them out. How do you know if they're done? Um, the tops of them will be smooth and starting to turn. A little bit golden brown. Yeah. Do you do the toothpick trick with this? We tried the toothpick trick and it didn't work because it's cheesecake and it doesn't set like a muffin does. Um, But so it's going to be kind of firm, but it'll still be a little wobbly. But the top should be sort of like when the the pudding gets a skin on top of it. Almost like we're making panna cotta. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that. And then you're going to... Take the after, you're gonna let it cool in the pan, and then you're gonna take once it's cool, you're gonna take the cheesecake out of the pan and put them on like a cooling rack or a plate and stick them in the fridge for one to two hours before you serve them. Or more. Or more. Because it was or more for us. And yeah. They were delicious, but yes. how did you decorate them? Um, you you take I took. Um, strawberries and blueberries and mint and garnish them on the little cheesecakes, putting them around and then putting the mint underneath the fruit so that it looks like berries or fruit. What if you don't like berries or fruit? What could have you done? You could have... Like, put it this way. If you weren't making the low-carb versions for Mommy and Daddy, what would you do if you were making your own, like, dream little cheesecake? <laughs> put a mountain of whipped cream on top! <laughs> okay. What else would you put on it? <laughs> and then pour caramel on top with dad and then sprinkle tiny chocolate chips on it. Ooh. Well, <laughs> <Nice>. really? <laughs> you know, you and I could have done that too, Jess, except for we would have to use the alternative chocolate chips and actually whipped cream works. It does work. You could have gotten the Reese's peanut butter whipped cream. Could have. Make our own whipped cream with yeah. the sugar alternative. I mean, really, it is. It's just heavy whipping cream with sugar alternative and whip away. Yeah. Whip it real good. <laughs> Into shape. It's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's getting late. Breaking up the 80s songs. Well, thank you, Bella. They were delicious. Uh, we'll put the recipe up on the website, too. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you. You're the thank one who made you. it for us. Yeah. Uh, you going to make something for us next time you come on? Yeah. All right. We're going to hold you to that. Okay.
with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Kid number one, thank you for coming and giving us an update on your program. You're welcome. Looking at your goals, seeing your progress, seeing what needs to be tweaked and whatnot. That's actually a really important step in the process. And speaking of the process, just you and I are going to dive into the process. It was a little bit more fun instead of, you know, going through the nitty gritty of the process and then saying, hey, here's an example. Let's start with an example. Let's start with the example that a 10-year-old's putting together. Yeah. And if a 10-year-old can do it, the adults should be able to figure it out pretty well. For sure. But we'll get into the, uh, the how to do it yourself process next week. But that's then. And for now, it's been fun. It's been fun, kid one. Yeah. It's been fun. Oh, it's fun. Wife one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could change that to only wife or wife forever. Absolute Something. one? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I like having the one in there. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> one and only. This is Here getting mushy go. and lame. We're going to make kid one sick. Yeah, no. Or have issues. So anyway, before we get to that point, we have to start paying for therapy. We're going to call it a night. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. <laughs>